Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica, back with yet another episode of the show. Today I'll be doing this one solo. Today is the 152nd episode of the show somehow, and we're doing Until It Sleeps. We're doing a load song, the penultimate load song. And shock horror, this is a load song that I've always enjoyed. You know, I've got a lot of respect for Until It Sleeps. Maybe it's because it was on S&M and... You know, as a kid, getting into the band, it just embedded within me. But, you know, then again, there were some other load songs on there as well. But, yeah, today we're going to talk about the song, go through the song, as we always do. Uh, follow us at MetallicaPod, of course. One of the main things I do is reach out to you guys on there for your opinions on the, on the songs. And I've got some great tweets to read out towards the close of the show. MetallicaPod at Juma.com. Get in touch with me there if you want to hop on the show, you want to discuss anything. All the songs are now taken, but if you've got an idea for some sort of project you want to pursue, then hit me up there. Patreon. Patreon is the big one, the important one, and it keeps the lights on here, so if you want to support us financially over there, of course it is not demanded, it is very, very easily received though, I can't believe people do donate, uh, <laughs> go over there and you basically get access to anything that goes on there first, so I'm doing my uh, Metallica support bands part two, you might have already listened to part one, um, I've got some great emails from that as well, and please keep sending those emails in, if you've ever seen a band support Metallica, what did you think of them, what are your memories of them, what weird things happened, you know, hit me up there, did you perhaps see Godsmack when, when James came on with them, or they came on with James and they did Sad But True or whatever, uh, maybe you were there, maybe you weren't, iTunes is there, Spotify, all the various platforms, Stitcher probably, never actually used Stitcher, I just remember uh, Bill Burr and Red Band getting an argument about that years ago on Joe Rogan, so um, until it sleeps, you know I've been thinking about this song, and especially the release of this song, I would have been four at the time, I think, maybe five, uh, and you know I just had hands on the show, so a lot of these episodes are recorded a little bit in the future, so I've already recorded the Wasting My Hate episode, and he was talking about, you know, he was really into the band, he'd, he'd listened to the Black Album beforehand, and you know, this was the first record when he was actually in time, you know, in step with the band and you know, went down uh, at school and, you know, as so many other people did. And I was just thinking, this must have been one of the most anticipated songs ever. I mean, consider how giant Metallica were at this point. They released five masterpieces in my eyes and pretty much everyone else. Everyone with bated breath, what the hell is going to come on? The whole musical landscape had changed and changed again. You know, consider it changing from 89 to 91 and then from 91 to 96. You know, all the grunge stuff was kind of old hat really, even though I think Loki, that might be my all-time favourite genre. But, you know, a lot of that was kind of dismissed. A lot of people were looking to Metallica, maybe to embrace their older sound and to lead a way forward, or indeed to go into a more alternative direction like they did. So, yeah, the hype must have been crazy. And the drop was interesting as well. Maybe this was just standard procedure back in the day, but it kind of surprised me where this is obviously the first single from Load, And this dropped on May 21st, 2006. And then... Um, I think the video dropped a few days later. And then two weeks later, Load was out. You know, I, I thought you kind of did the long grift with a lot of the singles. Like, you know, think of Hardwired, for example. Again, completely different musical landscape. But the Hardwired single was released in August. And the album didn't drop until November. You know, so this was real kind of ambush to a certain extent. And, oh my god what an unexpected turn here you know this really isn't the sort of thing you would anticipate it's a far cry from anything metallica um the intro to me is just incredible i i love the boldness the courage that that looming fretless seared bass of jason it's so downtrodden doom doom you know, it sounds so morose, and that reserved drum patter as well, you know, this ain't through the never, folks, you know, they could have just laid down some heavy octave riff, but no, they went with something quite 
pensive and uh, you know insightful and 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 fretful as well. There's, there's a nervous tension about this. There's a solemnity um, and there's a real artful call and answer. You know, I, I like the fact that James comes in with the lyric um, and then the recurring arpeggio answers him. This this arpeggio that seasons the song. Do 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 do. You know, almost feels like something you'd hear at the end of um, a soap or something as they go into the credits. It always has that sort of vibe to it. You know, it's very considered and 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 managed you know there's an experimentation here but of course it is metallica altogether so you know we have where do i take this pain of mine um you know this kind of open question to the listeners i run but it stays right by my side and then so tell me you know it's not going to take long until the chords crash in there um and you know what i like until it sleeps is it's kind of uh, a promise unfulfilled i guess you know the song is a pro you know we know it feels a big Nick Cave fan. It kind of feels very murder ballads-y to me. You know, it's got one foot on someone's neck and the other on a distortion pedal. And I'd be happy if the album was very much in this direction. But, you know, it's not. Um, it's replete with butt rock, as we've discussed a lot of times. It's replete with a lot of easy way outs and just, you know, a, a carelessness, I suppose. But there is an artfulness about this track that is lacking in a lot of load for me. It's an un- unapologetic embrace of the alternative. I mean, think of the title itself and until it sleeps you know the phrasing makes it sound positively shakespearean and the band have never strayed away from that you know call cthulhu and justice for all all those sort of ideas you know james's singing is is wonderful and tender um and you know when the song does crash into those heavier sections um it, it, it works it doesn't really feel that metally you know there's not much of a fresh element to this track not that there needs to be and as it continues on you know, we have um, at the end of the chorus, so it kind of, it hates you, it grips you, it stains you, it holds you, that sort of stuff feels a little, I don't know, schoolyard notebook to me, um, it doesn't really access anything within my um, reptile eye that really kept me kind of going for this song, it's kind of the the verses that I like, and, and the overall mood of the track, and uh, the music video as well, but I like at the end of the first chorus, um, we hear uh, that pronounced second guitar of Kirk that that surf guitar that that Dick Dale the ventures kind of kind of reverb going down there and that that's going throughout the song as well so we have these arpeggios and we have that kind of I guess it's like a b-bender kind of idea you know to me it feels very very surfy very wipeout and there's a lot of call and answer throughout the song and um you know, James often James often is answered by Kirk as well on the lead in certain chorus lines as well. But there's just a a, a maturity to the entire song. You know, it really is mad yet again. Um, it was a quantum leap from Kill 'Em All to Ride the Lightning and from the Black Album to Load as well. There's, there wasn't really much in. I mean, you know, arguably you're unforgiven, nothing else matters, stuff like that. But kind of taking it into more of an outwardly rock direction. Um, I don't think there were many signifiers, uh, many many sigils uh, going towards this. And um, you know, the song continues. The song is not that long actually, but it's packed with quite a lot of cool stuff. The song is, you know, it's a little pop single. It's four minutes twenty eight, and we get into the solo as well, which I think is a great solo. I really like Kirk's work here. You know, it's um. It's actually constructed. You know, it's curious. It's using wah, but in a sophisticated way. I love the rising pattern above the arpeggios underneath. The arpeggios as well. James gradually growing in grip with, I don't want it. And then slamming down into the final hoorah of the chorus. You know, these are shorter verses and longer chorus sections. And 
drums are run, rumbling underneath and commanding. You can hear a lot of Jason swoons as well. But honestly, it's that Jason intro for me. And I, I like the way the song ends as well. The song pulls down back into that murk. Um, you know, but, but yeah, Kirk's solo, I think, is awesome. I just think it's kind of... He actually thought about what he was doing and he didn't kind of lean into those blues boxes and those wah pedals and just kind of, you know, he. Didn't, this is way before Fiddleman's Laptop, which is the worst thing that ever happened to Kirk's guitar playing. And, you know, here he's actually thinking about what he's doing. And, it, and it, you know, it's a cliche to say this. You always hear this on like, you know, Sound City documentaries or The Wrecking Crew. We play for the song. But, you know, you got to fucking play for the song. And, you know, he really does that here. Um I like the way that the song, you know, James still understands, despite this being quite an intelligent excursion, that this song, you know, still needs to be a metallic song, still needs to be heavy, and the way he sings, till I'm clean, and then the song kind of heads down, you know, towards the end, and think of the video as well, like the video of this Hieronymus Bosch, the Garden of Earthly Delights, a lot of Bruegel the Elder as well in there, but obviously it is explicitly um, inspired by Bosch, Bosch who... You can't fucking believe that these guys' paintings are from, like, the 13, 1400s or something like that. They they look like David Lynch. Like, they, they're, they're real vision. I mean, that's an insult to they look like Lynch. Like, it's real visionary kind of ideals cast forward in those. Um, love, as well, Kirk doing these dripping arpeggios, these kind of quite repetitive, meditative uh, ideas underneath James. You know, altogether, this song is... I mean, they defenestrated themselves. They, they threw themselves out the window here. Um, there really isn't a lot of Metallica in here. Not that that isn't a bad thing. And I'm really, the more and more I listen to the song, the more, again, as I mentioned in the intro, that I think about the context of this track, of it coming out in 96. And it just, you know, think of everything else that was out there. Like, um, what were they called? That fucking band that supported um, Candlebox. You know, this is kind of a Candleboxy kind of era. Maybe I'm mixing up my years slightly, but you know, it was it was post grunge. It was you know the ugliest time you can ever deem something. And um, yeah, the song was obviously very very popular. It was Metallica's return. It was a new Metallica album for the first time in five years. It was the band's first number one song on the U.S. Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock charts, um, as well as the first and only song as of the release of Hardwired, to hit the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. You know, I've said this many times on the show when we go through these. America, why do you have so many fucking charts? Like, over here in the UK, we have the top 40, and that's it. Uh, but obviously, Metallica has, like... <laughs> Metallica, America, has, like, 50, you know, Englands within it, so it makes sense for that. But, um, you know, this was huge all over the world. Uh, it topped the charts in Denmark, Finland, Australia, uh, Sweden. It was the band's actually only number one hit in Australia and Sweden. Um, it existed as an early demo called FOBD uh, because apparently it reminded the band of the Soundgarden song Fell On Black Days. The It Grips You, It Stains You is in the same sort of 6 4 time signature that Fell On Black Days is in. And um, apparently the band can be heard jamming Fell On Black Days on the fan club only one CD just prior to jamming a portion of Until It Sleeps. I'll include a link to that here. If the ly lyrics you were, you were singing were very, very dark, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you were singing something like, like, fill up like there's no light in here, it's dark. Can't see my hand in front of my face. It's like a cave. You know, like mass murderer stuff, right about if a mass If you just start out the first oh, line, like, like fell on, like, black days. I come in and turn off the lights. Would be the first line, then everything would be cool after that. You know what I mean? Paint, I'm painting the whole house red. With black paint. With it's blood. A and also, you know, so 
you dig deep into these singles and these b-sides and whatever the band want to put out and i don't quite know why but i'm really glad this exists on one of the versions of until it sleeps um moby who is credited as Herman Melville, did an industrial-sounding remix as a B-side. So, um, you know, Moby, obviously everyone knows Moby, uh, who I think his his great... He's like a great-nephew of Herman Melville. Um, Moby Dick, absolutely sublime book. If anyone remembers the chapter in Moby Dick, White, I think it's only like two pages or so where he describes all the things that White can be applicable to in nature and the soul. Find that chapter. Love that chapter. And love Moby Dick as a whole. I think it has some of the best writing in American literature ever. Um, but yeah, his father, apparently Moby's father, gave him the nickname Moby after his after his birth um, as Richard was too large of a new but name for a newborn baby. And I, you know, I'm a Moby fan. Um, I think this was, so this would have been 96, so, you know, I know Mo, I, I know Moby was quite big in the 90s or whatever, but obviously it was play that made him with songs like Poor Slim and Honey and I Can't Find My Baby and Guitar and Flute and stuff. Um, play, by the way, I think is the, um, oh, Why Does My Heart Feel So Bad, of course, as well, great song. Um, I think Play is the only album in history where every single song has been used on an advert in some form or as some sort of commercial venture. Don't know why I'm going down this Moby hole, but uh, yeah, it's from the Japanese EP. Check out this, uh, I mean, you know, it's quite a confrontational remix of Until It Sleeps. That was crazy, right? Overall, um, Until It Seeps is a, is a real success for me. Um, you know, the more I listen to it, the more I'm impressed with it. Uh, lyrically, I think it's dealing with James's mother, right? Um, dying from cancer and him struggling with her death and looking for a way to, to cope with the pain and kind of relating to the message of general internal agony and the inability to make sense or cope with it. And that's something that the uh, you know the video itself deals with very well. That kind of uh, sense of physical attrition, but um, but yeah, I I really dig until it sleeps, guys. I mean, you know, load for me. Oh my god, how many times have I mentioned load and how much I hate it and da da da. But <laughs> until it sleeps, it's on the first half. The album sort of takes a nosedive, kind of from cure on. But um, yeah, until it sleeps is strong. I mean, until it sleeps, King Nothing, Hero of the Day, Bleeding Me. That's an undeniably very strong quartet. And, you know, House of Jack Bill kind of still kind of it kind of grew, grow, it, it grew on me on the Jeremy episode. That was a really fun episode. Again, probably the only Alpha Teleco episode where I changed my mind <laughs> midway through. But that was more Jeremy's eloquence, I think, than the song itself. Uh, but yeah, Aim a Bitch 2x4 as well. I really, really enjoy. Um, and um, interesting thing about Until It Sleeps as well. Apparently... This comes from a 2015 article in The New Yorker by Stephen Witt. Uh, This is an article entitled The Man Who Broke the Music Business. Quote, 
By the mid-90s, the scene, with a capital S referring to the piracy scene, moved beyond software piracy into magazines, pornography, pictures, and even fonts. In 1996, a scene member with the screen name Netfrack started a new crew, the world's first MP3 piracy group, Compressed Audio, or CDA, which used a newly available MP3 standard a format that could shrink music files by more than 90%. On August the 10th, 1996, CDA released to IRC the scene's first officially pirated MP3, Until It Sleeps by Metallica. So yeah, this was patient zero. I mean, I guess the scene was so nascent that maybe they can do a bit of blood work and trace that. But how crazy is that? I mean, you know, obviously I Disappear kicked off everything and I have done an episode on Metallica versus Napster. And, you know, when you dig into it, you kind of almost see that Lars, well, I, I think Lars is a completely good guy, like, I completely agree with Lars, even though I was a horrible pirate in my youth, and exactly the sort of thing that Lars would hope my name was in that box that he dropped on the steps, but, um, yeah, weird, isn't it, Until It Sleeps, that was probably the first ever pirated song, and it also has a Moby remix that probably wasn't pirated quite as much as the track, but, um, yeah, I really like Until It Sleeps, it was performed 242 times as of the time I'm recording this uh, it was first performed June 4th 1996 that was uh, San Jose California and most recently performed quite a while ago now you know um, coming up to 11 years it was last performed on the World Magnetic Tour that was November 3rd 2008 in Salt Lake City Utah US and as I always do I reach out to you guys you know I want to know what you think about Until It Sleeps and Michael says the best song offload a true classic I believe it's in the key of A which is unusual and helps it stand out it gives me hope with the band in their new direction uh, it gave, gave me hope with the band in their new direction until Reload came out and smashed that hope to dust they didn't write a song of equal worth until Death Magnetic is that I don't agree I do not agree but I appreciate your opinion Michael and Michael is always a great guest to have on the show and he's in a Black Sabbath tribute band so how fucking cool is that Aurelian Aurelian, a loyal patron, great guy, uh, says, My favourite Metallica song. From the weird bass line of the intro to the non-conventional guitar solo, it was a huge departure when it came out. I like how Metallica took the risk of exploring new sounding territory with this song. It is so good that it eclipses the rest of Load for me. Wow. Uh, Borge saying, Probably one of their best songs ever, in my opinion. Massively underrated these days. Clint! Mr. Clint Wells saying, my favourite Metallica song, no joke, amazing lyric and arrangement, highlight of the Load era. I mean, look, Clint, I know you're a deep cat, and I know you're deeply into Load as well, but is Until It Sleeps really better than Creeping Death? I know one of them's nourishing on, on, on a soulful dimension, and the other screams die in its bridge but uh yeah you know this is why we do the twitter i'd like to hear all your opinions and andrea says one of the best songs off of load i really like the alternative sound of it great bass line called drums and a great guitar solo really invented music video as well rye over at savage bloody podcast says very cool song great snare work from lars on here and as gimmicky gimmicky as fretless bass can be in alternative music it really works in this track patrick saying one of my absolute favorite metallica songs and my number one metallica video um it might be the best metallica video actually low-key like you know Enter Sandman in terms of its direction and action is more arresting perhaps but just the fact like I'm, I'm quite a big art guy myself and just the fact that these two worlds collided so well as well you know the imagery is just dripping with meaning and you can pour over every frame Scott says it's a great song and you can hear the anger in James's voice when he sings it Jesse says I think it's absolutely I think it's absolutely brilliant and after kicking the world's ass with the Black Album that world tour how ballsy was it for Metallica to release this song as a debut single exactly yeah it's exactly what I was saying Jesse 
Uh, Mauer says, my first new Metallica song I heard uh, just appeared from nowhere on MTV and being 15 at the time I stayed up 24 hours so I could catch it again and record it on my VHS instantly loved it and finally Fixer sang Haunting, the music video freaked me out a bit, I dig the SNM version a lot, yeah I dig the SNM version a lot as well and um, yeah, that's until it sleeps guys I mean this has been a bit more haywire you know, I do prefer, for the most part, having a guess, especially with a song of this heft. But, um, you know, unfortunately, through my fault and the guess, well, no one's real fault. Um, we couldn't really get it together. And I just want to get these episodes out. We are approaching the end of the run. And it's not that I want to get it over with, because Alpha Talaga is going to still continue. But, I, you know, I'm quite a messy person. <laughs> if you know me, you wouldn't think I was OCD in the slightest. But uh, I do want to complete this run. I do want to get it done. And the fact that it's inside, I just want to get these episodes out. And, you know, this has been fun just talking one-on-one. So let me know what you think of Until It Sleeps. Let me know what you think of Moby and his remix of Until It Sleeps and the piracy and all that history. And I will be back in a few days or next week or whenever you're listening to me. Um, We've got The View coming up. I've already recorded that with Kevin. So yeah, let's just go through what's left of the show. So we've got The View coming up, which I've already recorded. That's on Patreon already. Great episode. Uh, The final Lulu track. Uh, the Wait coming up with Ralph. We're doing Vulturis uh, with Stephen um, from um, Metalla Chat, which is uh, had him on before. And that's kind of like a song that they debuted live only, but it's kind of an original song. Uh, Waste of My Hate, which I've already recorded that episode with Hans. That was a really good episode. First guest from New Zealand. Uh, we did it again, the Swizz Beats cover with Metallicast coming on. Uh, we're a happy family. Philip Motaz from Remains of the Day, Ramones of the Day, but. The remains of the day pun so good, I just wanted to get it out there. Uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium, When a Blind Man Cries, Where the Wild Things Are, Wherever I May Roam, Whiplash, Whiskey in the Jar, which again, I've actually recorded Whiskey in the Jar, even though it's not coming out for like another month or so, because um, huge shout out to Randy of Live and Four Legs, the Pelgrim podcast. He was getting married at the time, and we, you know he just wanted to get it done, and I was happy to oblige. That was a really, really fun episode. And you really got me. That's going to be the final episode, and I think I'm going to do that solo. I think that makes sense of that solo off the All My Friends, the Ray Davis album. So, yeah, that's how we're looking, guys. MetallicaPod at gmail.com, at MetallicaPod, iTunes, Patreon, you know, get in touch with me on all those different formats. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up as well. Um, you know, we've got the Metallica support band's history. We've got all the compilations that I'm doing. Probably going to be doing a load one next where I kind of take all the songs, put them in chronological order, etc., and, and pop them on for a uh, you know a big clip show, big look back. So, yeah, this has been Tom, Al Metallica. Thank you, as always. 152 episodes. Fuck me. Okay, take it easy. Peace. Peace.